Yeah. So. Uh, any bits? I got I got an idea for it. Okay. Yeah, I'm all ears. Okay. The bit is uh, we stay in silence for a minute, and then uh, then we start talking. You just hear the click click of, of our shoes on the tile. Yeah. For three and a half hours. Maybe the sound of like an elevator or something. Oh, man. Let's just get going and see what happens. (laughs) As you know, I always get messed up when it's 1v1 because I usually say, as you guys know, but there's just one of you, so that'd be weird. You can tell. As you guys know, um, I don't know how to start the podcast. So it'll either be just talking about the movie and the many probably distasteful jokes that I have made to myself since watching it. Or something along the lines of, welcome to Late to the Movies. My name is Ben Holt. This is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week, we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. So far in the month of January, we've done, from the most recent, released in December 2022, Sight and Sound, 100 Greatest Films of All Time list. We did, in order, I believe we went 3, 10, 2, 8, and now we're doing number one. Which is uh, Jean Dielman, uh, like Vinte Trois, uh, uh, Quince, Quai de Commerce. Uh, I don't know how they say 1080. Brussels, Br- Brussels. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like I'm like belittling or diminishing this movie. It's, it's just kind of hard to figure out where to attack this from. A thing that I say a lot, and I feel like I've said a lot this month, but it's very true of this movie. <laughs> Um, which just get off right off the front before we even talk about other stuff. I like this movie a lot, and I did as well. Yeah, I and thought it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I, I don't know what I thought it was. I don't know what I thought of it. I I'd seen memes, I guess. Bef- I knew nothing about this movie beforehand. Yeah. Uh, besides that, like, oh, I know. I I, I heard it's slow and it's long. Slow and uh, long, and, and she foreign. peels potatoes for ten minutes. Yes. And, you know, which I actually love that scene. Um, it's a good scene. Yeah, she overcooks the potatoes, and you're like, "Oh, what's cooking with Joan?" <laughs> um, but like, I don't want to get too much into it now because you know it's still early in the podcast. We have to we have to get to know each other first. Yeah, right. Um, my guests left right across your podcast aisle this week. We got Vaz. Hello, and uh, that's it this week. I didn't even ask that many other people because this was a. A labor of true movie nerddom to tackle number one, the three and a half hour, three hour, 20 minutes, three hour and 21 minutes, three hour and 21 minute. The first movie by a woman, not even just at the number one spot, the first one in the top 10 of the sight and sound list, which started in 1952. It's not, if you know Hollywood, it's not too surprising. No, it's not. Um, Apparently, I mean, I don't know them personally, but apparently the most diverse um, what would you say, pundits, respondents to the poll ever? It was, I think, almost 1,700 people responded. Um, more than, I think, double the last few combined. I think more voted this time than had the previous 60 years of polls put together. And, uh, yeah, so it's a more diverse panel of people that are responding to this poll. And so... Um, not that surprising you end up with a, a movie made by a woman at number one. Though kind of shocking to think it had never happened even in the top 10 before. Um, yeah, so see, there is a lot to talk about with this movie. Before we get into it, though, uh, watched anything good like, recently? Uh, recently, good, or should I just say what I've seen recently? 
I saw. Oh, I, I did see a man called Otto, and um, I don't think I'm old enough to like the movie. Oh no, uh, you haven't aged into the man called Otto bracket. No, I don't think so. Um, it's not for me. The movie also doesn't want it to be for me because they do not like millennials in that movie. They probably drive hybrids. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and just, they're walking just their dogs. The, just seen the trailer. These fucking millennials with their dog walking. No one had ever done that before us. No, no. Um, but it's, you know, I mean, I like Tom Hanks. Uh, Burbigley is in there, so he's got oh, some really? money. Yeah, yeah. They should put Burbigs in the trailer. I, I don't, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Driving home super angry. Why wasn't he in the trailer? Um, yeah, I, that doesn't appeal to me too much, but you, you're just a movie viewer, so yeah. you had to see it. Yeah, I also just needed a movie to see this week, and uh, it just worked out better to see A Man Called Otto this week and then Megan next week, so that's where I ended. Oh, M3 again? Yeah, M3 again. I'll nice. be seeing that next week. Yeah, I liked it. It's been fun. Yeah, I, I, we, I'm we've, we've already talked about this, yeah, actually. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, wait uh, a minute. Deja vu. Last thing I would do want to say about a man called Otto is that uh, Tom Hanks' other son, Truman Hanks, is in the movie, and he's not very good. Uh, So, how many sons does he have? I know there's Chet Hayes. I think it's three. Colin, Colin Chet Truman, Hayes. Truman, and now Chet Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's too bad that he's not good, but it's, hey, it's the family business. So yep, yep, someone's got to keep He's going to get some jobs. Um, I've been watching, like, I don't know. So, so gearing up for the movie we did last week, my maybe my favorite movie that, that Greg did not like. That episode isn't out yet as we're recording. Uh, it's uh, but, uh, Mulholland Drive, right? Yeah, Mulholland Drive. Um, yeah, you pointed over at it. Uh, good, great, great movie. So I kind of... Off of that, it was also David Lynch's birthday a couple days ago, so I've been watching Twin Peaks: The Return, um, season three of Twin Peaks. I think it has a few different names, um, but that has been really good. I haven't even watched it before because I don't have Showtime, but I'm on a seven day trial, <laughs> and there's 18 hour long episodes of it, so that I'm trying to get into these seven days, but I'm not on the pace right now, so I got to pick it up. Uh, I saw that back when it came out, and I'm really looking forward to rewatching the entire series. And then that I don't need to wait 25 years to pick it up. I was kind of in a like I've been in sort of a suspended watch through of I did Twin Peaks, and then what always happens I kind of after they do the Who Killed Laura Palmer uh, reveal, what like eight episodes into the second season, I think it's eight, yeah. Um, then I kind of fall off because it immediately goes off a cliff. Well, uh, what are you talking about? How about when that girl ends up in the doorknob? Oh, that is, that's a bad way to go. Um, and she stays in the doorknob, yeah. I guess. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I kind of f- fell off. Then I came back, finished it off. I was like, okay, great. Then I watched Firewalk with me, which I hadn't seen before. Um, and it's was like, yeah, this is awesome. And let's roll it into getting a Showtime uh, seven day trial. And that was like months ago, but now I'm picking it up. I'm considering it all one continuation of a watch through. I mean, there's, sh- I mean, I do want to watch it all back to back or close enough to each other, yeah. but I think having a gap between uh, fire walk with me and the return does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. If, uh, I, I couldn't wait 25 years, but I wanted <laughs> a little bit of time. Um, but it actually is probably more effective that way. Everyone looks so much older now. Uh, and then I, this, it actually would probably make most sense to transition directly into Jean Dielman because it's, um, 
sort of instructive that I've been watching those kinds of you know Lynch yes things recently. And that has a lot of quiet and just sound happening. Yeah. I, um, which has been like good training for watching John Dillman. Yeah. And it, I, I feel, I don't know if David Lynch has seen this movie. I'm sure he has. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like it was a big influence on him. If it wasn't, then something else that he yes. saw that influenced it, that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Blah, blah. It did. Yeah. It feels, it, they definitely felt like akin to each other. Obviously, not like necessarily in the exact same milieu, but you know, it is some overlap for sure. Um, I did watch some other movies though, which are not related. So unfortunately I'm going to have to not use that good transition. I watched, um, a couple 2022 horror movies that I had missed. Um, well actually one I think is actually 2023 on Letterboxd. It's listed as 2022, but as far as I know, it just came out. It's called sick. Sick. I don't, I'm uh, unfamiliar. Uh, it just came out. It's on Peacock. So there's this thing where the last few months, it seems like people actually want to go to theaters again. Uh, a movie like Smile, a movie like Barbarian, movies that kind of came out of nowhere, but then like made a lot of money in theaters. Um, just this last weekend, Skinamarink by Kyle, Kyle Edward Ball, a Canadian filmmaker that took a camcorder and made a movie in his house, I think for like $20,000 Canadian or like less than $50,000 Canadian. Um, it made a million dollars in limited release <laughs> last weekend, and that's American dollars. Um, so you'd think if you've got a new movie from the guy that wrote Scream, you'd probably want to put that in theaters. But they didn't. It's on Peacock. It's called Sick. <laughs> it's from the guy that wrote Scream, uh, Kevin Williamson. And it is a slasher movie with some like tropey funness about teens that are in a house trying to not get murdered by people with knives. It definitely would have made money in theaters, but now it's not going to make any money. Well, you know, Peacock, they love taking things and letting it die on their platform. Yeah. Um, there's so, you know, you come for written by the guy that wrote Scream. I actually don't think the screenplay is that good. The directing's awesome. It's by something Hyams, John Hyams. Oh, you're thinking of Hyam, the, yeah, the group, the three of ladies. Hyams, the three ladies. <laughs> yes. The three music sisters. Um, he directed uh, Universal Soldier, I want to say. He's made like a bunch of like direct-to-video. Oh, Michael B. Jordan movie, right? That Universal Soldier? I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I don't know. But it's stuff like that that people are online are always like, this is actually really good. And it's all these sort of like pulpy, directive home video action movies. Um, he directs the shit out of it. <laughs> it really is most, for the most part, two and occasionally three um, like college-age students that have gone to this cabin because it's 2020 and their college just shut down in the spring of 2020. So they've gone to quarantine at a cabin on a lake. Uh, I don't even think it tells you where it is. And then people break into their house and try and murder them with knives. That's the whole movie. And um, the, like the kills and the sort of chases are all shot. Like someone who can really direct an action sequence so, yeah, it's not, like, that scary. There's no supernatural element to it. It's literally what I just described. Um, if that sounds interesting to you, I don't know if I've done a great job <laughs> selling it, but, hey, neither did Peacock. Yeah, you know, I think you did just fine. I I know more about it than I did uh, 10 minutes go. ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you like Scream, you'd like this, probably. It's not funny. 
Um, but there is just like some fun with tropes. Is, does anyone get sick in this movie? Um, only in the sense that it's during COVID. So, you know, oh. people are worried about, you know, getting COVID. They're worried about getting sick. So no one particularly gets sick. Yeah. As far as we know. I also watched Smile. Um, I thought Sick was better. I didn't like Smile that much. I thought uh, it was fine. I saw your review on Letterboxd. I liked it more than you. Okay. Um, I will admit like the ending is kind of, I was a little disappointed by that. Yeah, and then what did I watch? Oh yeah, I watched All Quiet on the Western Front because it's getting uh, the Oscar buzz. Yeah, it's getting kind of ridiculous amount of Oscar buzz. Um, I have you seen it yet? I have not. I've saw the uh, the 1930 version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure I'm gonna have to watch it at some point because uh, I'm sure this is Netflix is like, oh, we need a movie to this be nominated. Just, yeah. So if you follow the horse race, Netflix just switched up what they were doing and put all of their eggs in the all quiet on the Western front basket pretty late in the game. They were like, oh, we got to push glass onion. And then they were like, oh no, it's a comedy. They're not going to push for this. And then they, there was some attempt maybe to get Pinocchio into best picture, but but it's hard with animation. That's that's a tough one. They weren't going to do that. It's, it's not only as an animation, it's also very weird. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I liked it a lot, but it's same. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, and yeah, so they put all their eggs in the All Quiet on the Western Front basket. So I haven't seen any of the other adaptations or read the book because I think there's a 70s one too. The big famous one from the 30s one best like picture, the, third, yeah. the third ever best picture or something like yes. that. No, um, no third. Yeah, third. third? Okay. I knew you would know. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to fact check that. I just trust you implicitly on that kind of thing. Um, apparently, this is a big change to the story, whereas... The other adaptations were pretty faithfully adapted from the novel. This is by a German filmmaker for the first time um, and is also sort of modernized in some ways to be more relevant to like our current moment uh, and adds some stuff and takes away some stuff. And I guess wholesale changes the ending, which um, purists, I didn't have this issue when I watched it because I didn't know that they were changing anything. Uh, people who really like the original story and think it's like a really important anti-war statement seem to not like it so much. But um, I mean, it's still very anti-war. That's good. It's brutal. So be ready for that. I'll, I'll, I will be. I haven't actually said I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. Netflix defaulted to an English dub. Uh, I would say throw that shit back on German because if you're listening to the German one, it's what they actually recorded on set that day. If you're listening to the English dub, it's what they recorded in a sound booth after the fact. Um, so it doesn't sound right to me because it doesn't sound like the voice is coming from the person. And then obviously it also I mean, doesn't yeah. match the mouth. Yeah. So. I mean, it usually isn't. It doesn't, it's not, especially for live action stuff, the dubs just no. don't work for me at all. They're, they're announcing the nominees uh, um already. When is this coming out? This will be the week after that's been announced. So it's being yeah. announced. In a few days on Tuesday. On the 24th. Um, yep. And this episode will be the last one of January. Yeah. So it'll be on the 30th. I think. So by then I will know whether or not I am watching <laughs> this movie or not. Yeah. That's what I've watched recently. Um, so 20 minutes ago, I said it would have been a really good transition to talk about the sort of um, experimental mindset I've been in watching a lot of Lynch stuff, um, especially with the, the quiet spaces in between dialogues at times and the um, kind of paying attention to the idiosyncrasies, <laughs> synchronicities, I don't know, um, mm-hmm. 
of a person's sort of like day-to-day thing, um, which is what happens in this movie. But we didn't take a chance and actually use that good transition. So I'll just say, you want to give us a one-minute plot summary? Yeah, yeah, uh, I'll do that. All right, so can I start now? You can start now. It's Tuesday. Um, Jean Garofalo is, you know, she just had sex with some guy, and now she's going to make uh, dinner for her son. Uh, That happens. Uh, Then it's Wednesday. Um, She goes around town. um, She she picks up some food. She cooks it or gets it ready. Then she cooks it, and then she has sex with another guy. She... (laughs) Uh, spoils her potatoes. She has to get new potatoes because she only had one potato left. Um, her son again, uh, and then the Thursday, uh, she kills a guy. Yep. Uh, end. End. <laughs> Fini. Uh, yeah. So, I, and I wonder if someone will pick up on the fact that I mentioned that this is the first movie that was directed by a woman to be in the top ten, and I didn't actually mention her name. Um, and maybe that's that's a bit about me. <laughs> Uh, Chantal Eicherman makes this movie in, in the 1970s through a, a grant from the Belgian government. I wonder if they were happy with how it came out. Um, it doesn't get that well received when it comes out, but then seems to pretty quickly gain a cult following. Uh, I always get really self-conscious about this like contextual details because like I wasn't there. I wasn't born yet. I didn't live in Belgium ever, so I, I can't confirm or deny. But it seems mm-hmm. to have gotten a cult following pretty quickly. It was on the last Sight and Sound poll at 39, I want to say, somewhere in the 30s, and then moved way up to number one this time. Was the last one the first time it was ever on it? I think so. I think so. Um, yeah. So last time it was behind where Portrait of a Lady on Fire is this time. So, you know, that's your next number one, probably. Um, <laughs> uh, a movie I love and people made fun of because it was so high on the list. <laughs> Felt bad for it. Um I knew, I, I knew like nothing about this movie going into it, but I, I was aware of the director, Chantel Ackerman, um, the huge, like the, a big, I don't know what to say. A big deal feminist is what I started hearing myself say. Big um, deal feminist. A big uh, deal feminist. She, she sort of rejected that this was a part of a feminist cinema because she just remarked that that doesn't exist, which she's, you know, yeah, she's well, right. well said. Um, but that's sort of how this has been viewed as through the lens of a sort of like, you know, fairly radical, uh, feminist statement. BDF. That's what I was trying to do. Which is why I invited zero women to be on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm kidding. I invited other people to be on. No one else wanted to be on. No. And it's not their fault. Yeah. It's not a easy ask. Um, but I really liked this movie. I found it like pretty enthralling, honestly, from... From the beginning, you're kind of into what this lady's doing. It's it's the reason being the stuff that Herman's uh, focusing on is stuff that I'm sure even more so at that point, but stuff that you never see in movies. It's all these this other thing that she was trying to get at this flipping of the hierarchy of images of normally you would see. Like she's not showing the sex. She's showing John folding laundry. Um so she's prioritizing all this stuff that would be super minimized in a normal, quote unquote, normal, non-experimental movie where it's all the in-between stuff. It's just the day-to-day errands and chores that she has to do. And it's not, you know, there's no car chases. There's nothing that normally gets highlighted in a movie. Yeah, it's ve- it's very memorizing, uh, mesmerizing. Yes, That's the word I, I agree. Very much so. Um, And I also, 
I've when I was watching it, especially in the beginning, I was uh, decently memorized, and I was thinking like mesmerized, mesmerized, whatever, <laughs> whatever. You're ben, still mesmerized, whatever. You can't say words, right? Um, I was thinking like, okay, if someone else was watching this, who is it, me or Ben? One of the, <laughs> one of our friends or one of some other friends, where are they going to stop watching this? It's tough. It's uh, when when the first time they hear like their kid get out of bed, they probably don't turn this back on when they go back on yeah. the TV. But I don't have kids. <laughs> My my guess is that I don't think like if uh, Sam or Bree watched this, I think they would have stopped when she was taking a uh, bath uh, and they would just stop right there and be like, I don't want to watch anymore. It's like minute 15. Um, I think so. They still have over three hours left at that point. And I think when I like started to like, oh, man, I'm I'm getting into this is when she takes out the tablecloths for the first time with the napkins, because uh, I was thinking like, man, like you got to do that. Like, I don't think you need to for like you're just you. And then I found out she has a son. Yeah, I <laughs> the real. By the way, son, weirdo, we'll get into yeah. Sylvain. <laughs> I don't like his whole vibe. You shouldn't stab people, but I could, I'm not saying it's his fault that she was pushed to that level, but he's not helping. You no, know, he's he's not. And I, I don't want to skip around too much, though. I feel he's like literally the, not yeah. helping with anything. He's not helping with anything. He's reading at the table. Even the next day, he's still reading at the table. She and clearly Jimmy tells him every time. Yes. Um, and well, on Wednesday morning when he's leaving, she's like putting the jacket on him and like the scarf and is like. Sylvain, come on. <laughs> when we first see him, I'm like, oh, that's her. Like, I, you know, she's widowed at that point. Yes. Um, and I thought this is like, oh, the adult son's like coming home. Maybe it's like some special occasion. I thought he was like in his 20s. No, but I guess he's the equivalent of high school in 1970s Belgian. I think he was 16 because he Three said games? he okay. um, earlier when he she uh, Janine's reading the note. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say their name wrong every time. Uh, okay. Um, she says that your, um, her, our sister says that she, uh, her husband's been dead for six years. Mm -hmm. And then Sylvain later, uh, before he went to sleep on Wednesday, he says that, um, that the dad died when he was 10. Uh, okay, yeah. Yep. And it's been six years. You're yep. right. Yeah. Totally correct. Um, yeah. And just a disclaimer for the whole thing. I, we don't mean to mispronounce the names. We're not trying to be disrespectful. I just can't do it. I'm, I don't want to. I'm just going to butcher it every time. Yep. And I, I wish I wasn't. I did try not to, but it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's hard. We're Americans. We don't speak yeah. other languages. It's also French, so I don't feel so bad about it. Um, <laughs> Damn it. My, my disclaimer. Oh, no. People are going to think it's disingenuous now. It's European. I'm I'm Portuguese. I'm European. I oh, can okay. say it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I do, uh, with the note that, or the letter that, uh, yeah. the, uh, the only Reese, time it tells you what her name is. Yes. Um, I noticed that I felt like she was like reading that really quickly, uh, as though she read it like a few times, like yeah. she just read it like one day she just spent all day reading it. I noticed that too. She wasn't stopping at the end of sentences. It was yeah. sort of just one run on, um, thing yeah which i guess is i don't know i don't know quite what to make of that but i did note it also yes and i might say that about a lot of things in this movie <laughs> um one of the things that happens early and is repeated throughout when it's dark and she's in the living room or well, i guess the sitting room i don't know maybe that's what they call it 
and there's like the the blue flashing lights. Yeah, what the are dining room? I think because they do eat in there. Oh, right, the yeah, true. Uh, what are those? Um, I imagine they're probably just from the out. Uh, like, obviously, there's windows there. Um, either cars or maybe like a building next door. Yeah, I thought I those, liked it. It seems yeah, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> that was another thing. It's like, I'm not sure what I make of that, but I thought that was a cool touch. Uh. I d- so I didn't look into it. I imagine that this is just some apartment building. Like I don't think they it was a set or anything. Obviously, right? I don't think so. Um, they film it on location in Brussels, I believe. They do it with an all female crew, which uh, Ackerman said was a mistake, not because they were women, but because she hired people just because they were women to be on her crew, and then that made it so like they didn't work together that well, I guess. And she thought the sh- the shooting didn't actually come out that well. Uh, to which I say, I don't know, maybe maybe they fixed it a lot in post because I thought it looks pretty, you know, pretty the crea- cool. <laughs> the creator's always going to be the harshest on their own That's work. true. Um, but look at that transition into the fact that this is all through like locked down static camera shots. I lo- love that. It, yeah. Like the whole fly on the wall thing, I think, worked extremely well. No close ups in the whole movie. No. Um, She's barely facing the camera. Yeah. And then then when she is, it's like, whoa, a couple times. Like when you see her in the mirror right before she stabs the guy. Yep. Again, we're going to be spoiling this movie. Um, I also liked it anytime it was at the kitchen table yeah. uh, and she was just, you know, there or she went to go like change the coffee or whatever. Um, I was like those shots. I liked all the shots in this, honestly. It was. Yeah. So that that's really maybe the biggest part of what. Was so again mesmerizing. I put hypnotic, you know, same thing. I like that more because I can probably say hypnotic. <laughs> you say hypnotic. Um, there you go. You can use that going Thank forward. You. Um, is just you just get into it, and not only is it activities that you don't ever see in movies, especially probably never before or since to this extent and this in depth into what she's doing day by day. Um, but it also doesn't look like anything else that it is just like you're sitting on the other side of like a two way mirror looking in on this scene pretty much. Um, cool movie. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you have the notes there. Who is the actress that played, uh, Jacquees? Uh, <laughs> uh, Delphine Sarig, I believe. Delphine Sarig. Sarig. I'm not sure. Uh, I loved her performance in this. Uh, the subtlety that she does uh, between like shots or it, it just in shots is just like really good. Uh, <laughs> and what is it? I think it was on Thursday, the last day, where she is just in the sitting room next to the dining table um, and she just sits there for like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, that. <laughs> Yeah, I got it too. Like I get it. Yeah. I understand I, I I uh maybe yeah. I understand. Maybe I can't completely sympathize. Maybe I'm I haven't felt that on that level. I'm not her, but I can tell, you know. And like seeing her like go through her like routine and like I f- I think I'm not the first to notice this obviously. Um uh what is it? after she had sex on Wednesday um, like she, even when she like leaves the room, the, her bedroom, um, I've noticed that she was like walking with a bit of a slouch and her hair was a little messed up and did point out the hair later. Yep. Um, I felt like I, that's probably when she started to break. Uh, yeah. And then everything just starts falling apart from there. 
Pretty much, yeah. So what the movie does in these long, um, extremely long takes without any camera movements of just what she's doing is it's setting you up to understand the rhythms of what she's doing every day. So in the next, in day two, and then especially in day three, when things are off of that rhythm, when things aren't quite going the way they were before, it's like, it really puts you off balance because you're like, well, this isn't how this is going. And so it's reflecting her mind state as she's sort of unraveling even without... I mean, she's she reads the letter. She says, don't read at the table. That's most of her dialogue in the yep. whole uh, 200 minutes of the movie. So I imagine the script's very small. Very I think it thin. would have to be. Yeah. Um, a lot of actions. But yeah, so this is the longest movie we've done on the podcast, I think. You it, did Return of the King. Yeah, I was going to say, is that does that tick up to three and a half, maybe? Ooh, it's... The last time I watched it, it was the special edition. I mean, the uh, extended yes. edition. So, so it's hard to tell for me. If we if we consider that at least one person on every episode had watched the extended edition for it, then those are all the longest movies. Um, but aside from Lord of the Rings, this is the longest one that we have done, and uh, longer longer than Avatar. I feel like I've been yeah. watching a lot of three plus hour movies lately. Well, last year was all three plus hour movies. <laughs> yeah, or close to um, between. For, so for the podcast, this and then last month was all the Lord of the Rings movies <laughs> and Babylon, Avatar. Tar's close. Tar is like 240. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit of a break. Same with um, yeah, uh, the Fablemans. Yeah. I was going to say Fablemans is way up there too. Uh, RRR is over three. Yep. So yeah. That's those just, movies are long. All yeah, A bunch of those could get into Best Picture. Then I'm sure I feel bad all... for my friends who have to wait till their kids go to bed at like 8 p.m. to watch these movies. And then go to sleep at 11. Right, yeah. I guess that's what they're just going to have to push through. Never stop the movies. Keep going. Um, all that to say, we said with Babylon, you don't really feel the three hours. I felt it with this one, but it was still like, it felt kind of, I, I don't know, you you get on the you get on the tempo of what this is doing. Well, I mean, it does feel like three hours, but it's all intentional. Like it's yeah, I like don't think a, that's a weakness of the movie. No. I think that's like you said, very yeah. intentional. Because it's it's boring. Like this movie is boring, but it's supposed to be boring because it's supposed to yeah. get you into the mindset of what she's doing every day. Yes, um, of and, someone who is about to crack from yes. this, this repetition. Uh, very much like Michael Douglas and Breaking Point. Is that the movie? Yeah. This is just just reaches like her breaking point. Yeah. yeah. Um. But like, I don't know about you, but uh, like after this, I did some. Uh, I did my laundry and I did. I cooked, uh, and it felt very strange doing that. Uh, you didn't see any men? Did you after that? Because with uh, scissors. No, I got a haircut, and there it was. It was done by women, so yeah, I was. They did have the scissors there, so it was very dicey. Very triggering. I was very worried. <laughs> if I saw a man, I was going to grab him. Yeah. But I, I luckily did not. I don't see any scissors here now, so you're... Oh, wait, no, I do. Shit. <laughs> Look out. Yeah. One of us is going to go for it. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's yeah, we'll wait to the end of the podcast, and then we'll grab this. One of us will grab the scissors and stab yeah. the other. And there's a mirror right there. So oh, no. it's, it's it's all the elements. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, save for a few important details, I suppose. No, but, no, it's about the same. Okay, we're doing uh uh Janan Quadi uh stuff now. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's just her address, right? 
It's the I'm, yeah, it's, it's, because okay. uh, you see the twenty three on the building like yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, twenty three K to commerce. Yeah, that's you know. I don't know if we ever see the street sign for it. Yeah, in one of the wide shots. Uh, I'm also happy. So in the beginning, when she's reading the letter from her sister, um, she mentions like she gets a package from her, and I was like, oh man, I really hope we find out what that package is. Uh, we do on the last day, um, which turns out to just be a nightdress. Yeah. Uh, and I think she's just very disappointed by it. Yeah, she kind of has like, oh, well, kind of face on looking at it. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it's nice looking. Yeah, she sees that. And then she goes on the button hunt or is that afterwards? I think she came back from the button hunt. Yeah, that last day. And, and that was the kind of thing where there's so much that happens in this movie without much happening. But you're seeing like slight variations on the same things. Um, I don't know if we've said this. It's broken into these three days. I know you did. You yeah, said Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, but it, it is a very definite endpoint of each day where there's like a Majora's Mask end of the second day <laughs> title card that comes up. Um, and it says, you know, end of the first day, end of the second day. Um, and then you get into it. So that is the third day where she leaves the apartment like so many times for different things. Yeah. I found I found was like really kind of like, what is going on? She, I think either on the first day or day two, you see that she's got she's got like a system where she's knocking all of her chores out and she's knocking all the errands that she has to leave the apartment for out. Uh, and then yeah, on the third day she leaves to get some stuff and she comes back. I think she gets there before some stores are open. Yeah, I think so. I think she left too early. Yeah. And then is it when she gets back, does she uh, like start cleaning a bit and then she just sits around for a while? Yes. I think that's where, is that where she just like kind of sits in the room and just sort of looks into the distance for like five minutes straight? I think so. Yeah. Uh, and then that's the time when she gets the baby that she's just kind of like fucking with it. <laughs> I think so. When she gets the, the, the uh, um, she also gets the baby on Wednesday. Yes. And I do love, it's a little joke for me. Uh, uh, on Wednesday, when she gets the baby, she puts it on the dining table, and then she goes to like back to the kitchen, and then um, she's like cooking, and then she's like, oh, "I got to check on the baby." She goes back to the dining table, and she like looks, and she then she leaves. And I thought it was just very funny. I'm like, yep. "Yep, baby, check." Yep. Uh, uh, but on the third day, she won't leave that baby alone. No, <laughs> I think she was just doing that because uh, I imagine she just wanted something to break the monotony. Yeah. Of like, let me interact with this baby. Let me try. I yeah. feel like she feels so empty then. Yeah. Uh, and she's trying to find something to fill the hole. I don't know if it was the live sound or maybe they put it in in post or whatever. But it, it is perfectly like if she's not touching the baby, the baby's fine. Yeah. The second she picks it up, it's the worst sound a baby has ever made on film. Um, And then she's just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and she's not quite shaking it to like. A call the police extent, but it's not what you'd want someone else to do to your baby. No, certainly. Um, but yeah, but I, she doesn't get what she needs from that baby. No, <laughs> I, I, um, not to skip around again and go right to the ending, but after she kills the her suitor, uh, and she just sitting at the dining mustache on that dude, yeah, you know, for it. uh, <laughs> that's probably why he died. Yeah, it's probably we can look into that. The, the cardinal sin of having a real janky mustache. She saw it in the reflection. It was like, I can't do it. Yeah, fair enough. 
Um, but after she kills him and she's at the dining room table and she has like blood on her her hand and uh, some on her shirt. Yeah, those she blue just, lights are flickering again. Yeah. Flickering again. <laughs> and she just seems like just still dead, like empty. Like I thought that was going to do it. I thought that was going to finally like wake me up. No. It's just nothing. Yeah. It's just nothing. It's hollow kind of. Um, very haunting. Yeah, <laughs> very haunting. You see, she's just kind of like, uh, yeah, she's just not present, really. And yeah, the way she kills the guy, is, is, it, the way she kills the guy is like so matter of fact, where she's at the thing, she walks behind, and she's out of frame for a second, like, oh, what's going to happen? Because uh, at first I'm like, it's, it's annoying that this guy's not leaving, that he's like getting comfortable. It looked like he was like, I did pretty good. Uh, I, I think I really nailed this fuck. Uh, yeah. Uh, can I swear? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Greg swears all the time. Oh, good. Good we'll for see. Greg. I'm glad for him. Yeah. I'm gonna gonna out him as a terrible swearer because he said that the Vertigo episode is his least favorite so far. <laughs> Which, like, I've I've said time and again, like constructive feedback is good, but just saying it's his least favorite. Which he then said it's hard to follow because he hasn't watched the movie, which I, I think is actually very fair. I'm also on that one, so <laughs> I, I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. If you haven't watched that movie, it's hard to follow. Whereas with this movie, oh, I think... Super easy to follow. We've told you what happens in the movie entirely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did skip a few big points. Like She goes to a cafe a couple times. Yeah, she does. Uh, she does not get her seat on Thursday, though. That's the problem, too. Yeah, yep. there's all yep. the, there's all these little things that, like, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but I feel like for a lot of people, if they reach some kind of breaking point, maybe it's not as extreme as as Jean's, but I really hope that's how you pronounce your name because I've gone all in on that pronunciation. Um, Jean. I feel like for a lot of people, it is sort of this accumulation of just like, oh, I didn't get my favorite seat. There's some old lady there. Uh, I can't find a button to match my son's jacket. I dropped the brush to yeah, clean she, my uh, she dropped shoes. The, brush. the the potatoes were overdone. I had to go out and get more potatoes. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I tried to go to the store, it wasn't open yet. Um, those things that like really—that's th- what I think really pisses most people off—are just those tiny, like quotidian dilemmas that. Don't, in the grand scheme of things, if you took a big step back, you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to remember that in a week, never mind in 10 years. But in the moment, those are the things that like really get under your skin, I think. Um, I think I feel like it does a good job of that. And it's still pretty surprising when she does a murder, I would no, say. No, I wasn't expecting it. Did you know that was going to happen? <laughs> no, or? no, okay. I didn't. Uh, I knew we were coming in for a landing because like I was watching this, like I told you, I started at 11 and I still had to stop a couple times. And there was one time where I was like, I know I just closed my eyes for a bit. It can't have been more than like 45 seconds. I'm going to go back. It was over 20 minutes before I like that. I had to go back <laughs> before I recognized a thing that I had seen before. And I was like, oh, no. Um, so uh, that's that's my fault. That's not the movie's fault. That was happening at like 2.30 a.m. Well, it's not a great time to watch this movie. No, it's not a great time to watch the movie. I turned all the lights off because then the contrast is better on the TV, but it, the effect was there's no dialogue and it's just silence and I closed my eyes and I woke up 20 minutes later. You know, when I was talking to Sam about this and I was like, 
uh, you know, this is, this is like a, a three and a half hour French film. And he was like, oh, subtitles. Apparently, he doesn't have to worry about the subtitles. Doesn't have to worry about the subtitles. <laughs> no. <laughs> they he barely get come. over subtitles. May, I mean, maybe we can talk subtitles. to him later about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he has his reasons. Um, I think that there is uh, not a lot of movies like this that I've seen. No, <laughs> no. Maybe The Brown Bunny, but I didn't watch that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Um, geez, I uh, I don't know. All right. I do want to talk about a few things. Okay. Uh, first. The, we're, we're at like 50 minutes. I think we've only talked about the movie for about 20 of them. Probably. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what time is anymore? I've been bad at telling time lately, ever since John. Uh, when Sylvain, the bed that Sylvain sleeps on, is that on that futon? I really like that futon. I yeah. love the design of it. I don't know how comfortable it is. It doesn't that look super comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's not like a Murphy bed because it folds in kind yeah. of and back. So. If, if like it, like the inside comes up and like the the arms of the the futon right, is like yeah, at the yeah. end. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good. I did like that. I um, did. Yeah, it's a good futon that I wish the design stick around. Yeah, he's got kind of like the precocious child asking questions he shouldn't be to his parents thing that you find in very comfortable asking about sex. Right. Yeah. That's um, I thought was just like you know people always say like oh precocious kids in Wes Anderson movies that are like speaking like adults and it's weird um except with Sylvain he looks like an adult but he's talking like a kid that is talking like an adult that shouldn't be um even though yeah. he looks to be an adult man and his friend Yen it's telling him about like oh uh, having sex with a lady is like thrusting a sword into her the yeah. longer the better yeah and his mom's just sitting there like Ooh. all right go to bed Sylvain <laughs> Uh, and uh, so I think it was on the second day where Sylvain says, um, uh, if I was a woman, I would only have sex for love. Uh, yeah. And she's like, you don't get it, Sylvain. Yeah. You're not a woman. So how would you know? Right. Yeah. You'd, how, yeah. Would, how would you know? I, I did write that down. I thought that was probably important to. Uh, yeah. How would you know you're not a woman? Just what she tells him. Yeah. I feel like that may have led to her not exactly breaking, but. I don't know. She has a shitty kid, so. Uh, yeah. How would you know you're not a woman? End of the first day is what I have written. And then for the last oh, one. first day, okay. Uh, and then Sylvain is weird about sex. End of the second day. <laughs> in my notes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess he m multiple times that he talks to his mom about sex, back to back days. So she's just got to be like, I got to get back to these potatoes. Sylvain's duller. <laughs> She does a great job with peeling those potatoes. We only see two of them, though, that she actually peels. Yeah. That was the thing when this movie was... So anytime... And we can talk a little bit about the poll itself and just really list-making in general. Um, you know, anytime a thing is, like, the new number one of all time in something, even if it's just, like, a listicle of, like, the top 20 Nicktoons from the 90s, only 90s kids know... Um, whatever's number one is going to get a lot of flack and hate and a lot of scrutiny online. And this, and for, for it to be such an idiosyncratic film that isn't what people think of when they think of the canon, they do think of Vertigo. Yeah. And they think Citizen of Kane. Citizen Kane and Singing the in the Rain. Bicycle Thieves. Yeah, Bicycle Thieves. Um, the most sad I've ever been watching a movie was Bicycle Thieves. <laughs> uh, and they don't think of this. And so when this was... I guess crowned, christened, whatever the new number one. It was coming under a lot of scrutiny, and so going into it, a lot of what I knew was people being like, "Oh my god, there's a scene where she peels potatoes for ten <laughs> minutes," 
It's not that long. No, it's not. And there's a and there's reasons to it. It's not random. Yeah. There's like very specific reasons and it all sort of works in this symphony and it doesn't matter that it's that long. That's part of it. And you, it's yeah, it's supposed it's an, to be it's that an epic. Long. Yeah. It takes place mostly in a small apartment building, but it feels like an epic. Uh, even though it, well, I mean, it takes, uh, it, it's in the small apartment building and it's supposed, like how small it feels is you get that from like watching it. Yeah. Cause it like the shots, like, I don't even, like they're not even trying with like the shots to make it look small. It just is small. Right, and you yeah. see how small she is in that. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And how lonely she is. It's very isolated. And again, like we said, it's these lockdown camera angles. She's never in close up. So, even with how tight and cramped everything can feel, she still, like you said, looks small inside it. Um, and I definitely, this is have a lot to do with the movie, but their appliances are so small. Yeah, they. I was thinking like you can't even fit grinder. A, that was yeah, nice. That was nice. You can't even fit a pan in that oven. No, nope. tiny oven. But it's okay. They only make liquid food anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, and just potatoes. Just potatoes. Yeah. Uh, I so back to the sight and sound list. Uh, I am ha- I'm very happy that a movie like this is number one. I think it's, it's cool. Now that I've seen it, like, yeah, hell because yeah, why not? This, this is actually a way for people to watch this movie or yeah. at least get it on the radar. Um, I, I'm curious to see what it's going to be in like 10 years from now, the sight and sound list. Um, I don't know if this will stick around because, I mean, la- uh, 2012 was like the first big change uh, when Vertigo got number one. And now yeah. we got another one. Yeah. Um, I also feel like the pandemic probably helped out a, a lot with this movie too. Yeah, it feels timely because it's even when she's out on the streets, it's pretty bare, pretty bare. Yeah, it's all these like kind of notably sort of empty streets. Which, yeah, yeah. Now that I, I, I hadn't even thought of that angle, but yeah, it feels it feels like quarantine. I think <laughs> I, I mentioned kind of flippantly earlier, but I, I do think it's. I don't know if it's just being sensitive to sound or because this was the only thing keeping me from falling asleep, but the clacking of her heels um, really, I don't know. It's kind of unnerving maybe, but it's, it's really dominates the soundscape of this movie for so much of it. And uh, you just think about like, I don't know. She's she's wearing heels the whole movie. I understand that. Especially (laughs) considering like, she doesn't need her wear heels because she's in her own home. Yeah. Um. She doesn't need to wear shoes at all over there. Um. But she does all the time, and like I, f- I feel like it's just like into like she just got into this motion of this. Yeah. I wear shoes here. Uh. And she just doesn't break it. Yeah. Um. And I play. I think it just plays into that. This is the routine. Yeah. yeah. This these these are the motions that you just do. I need to wear these clothes because yeah. I need to wear clothes at home. Yeah. Yeah. I just do it by mo. Just. Very sort of like she's not there. I guess that's the whole thing, right? She doesn't actually. She's not actively engaged in anything that she's doing mentally, seemingly. I mean, she barely even wrote that letter. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um. Very busy. She's got a lot of stuff to do. A lot of stuff to get through every day. Yeah. I did write that sometime on the second day. I was like, Jean's busy. Keeps herself occupied. Doesn't doesn't really stop. So when she does stop. It's on the third day where she just sits there for a while. It is really haunting. <laughs> it feels like she just broke. Like she's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're totally right. That's that's what it feels like. She's been basically a machine the whole time, and um, 
even the sex that they don't show until the last time is just part of that rhythm that she's built up. It's like whatever task she's doing, she just, you know, puts down when the John gets there and then goes back to it afterwards. Um, no comment on it. Just keep going. Just keep moving. So uh, talking about the sex scene, yeah. uh, the only one in the movie, um, what I think that's like the most emotion I, I like see on her face is when uh, yeah um, we is she, he's she's just getting plowed uh, yeah yeah sure yeah that's the that's the uh, you know the tactful way to put it <laughs> yeah um and like I'm still trying to like figure out like what was I mean not what was going on I obviously know what's going on but like is she just like. She just like realized she's just like so unsatisfied with like even sex that doesn't even mean anything to her. Maybe it seems like kind of yeah. I don't know how to read that. Um, Grant, I don't know if she's been like having sex for money for like six years or if like immediately after yeah. her husband died. Um, though I don't even think she even cared too much about her husband. He said she said that he was just an ugly guy, ugly guy that she just met. Well, he's. Sylvain said he was ugly, right? And then she's oh, yeah. then she's kind of like he wasn't really that ugly. Yeah, he she's kind. She defended him. Yeah, she defended him. Um, yeah, well, I think she's just like talking about how other people are like you should get another husband, you should like do that, and she's she's kind of like nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm- this is life now, and whatever, just just going with it. Um, it's kind of what the vibe I was getting from her. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know, but yeah. You think she was jealous of her sister? Who wouldn't be? She gets to live in Canada. Yeah, and she has like you know that cool John husband. Yeah, I'm uh, probably a little bit right because she's like sort of reflecting on her deeply dissatisfying life. Deeply, yeah, un- that's not a word. Deeply unsatisfying life that she is dissatisfied with. See, I know grammar sometimes. Um, and hearing about all these nice things, and she's like, "Oh, you want to go to Canada, Sylvain?" He's kind of like, "I'm stupid. I don't do things ever." <laughs> And then she just get that lame gift of a, a, a nightgown from her sister. Nice, I think she was nice. probably just expecting more because, like, her sister seems to be living it up. She's doing, yeah. She's does it say where in Canada she is? I don't think so. No, I don't remember the specific word. The French part. Fair, fair guess. So they're somewhere in Quebec, living it up, eating beavers. They, they, they do that in Quebec. You can look it up. They hunt beavers. For Ooh. meat. What are, who are they? Uh, me and Assassin's Creed 3? <laughs> Killing beavers wherever you go? Well, you need to make a hat or something. <laughs> I need to up my storage capacity on my hidden knives. Yeah, or and then <laughs> then after that, I just sell them all. <laughs> you get up. like the Red Dead Redemption, how it has a trophy for killing all the buffalo called oh, Manifest yeah. Destiny. You get the same thing, but whatever the equivalent for beavers is. <laughs> Well, we're not on topic. Um, <laughs> no, we can get back. Uh, uh, French, Janine, Delman, Dealman. Yeah, Jean Dealman. I don't know, dude. It's a good movie, though. So that's that's your to, to render movie. my verdicts is this <laughs> seventeen hundred critics from across the world got together and decided that this was the best movie ever made. But does it suck? <laughs> no, I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good too. Um, I did remember another big thing that happens in this movie. Yeah. Um, when Sylvain is trying to learn from like some poem or whatever, and he like recites it twice. 
Um, I feel like that's a little, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be like to the film of like losing everything and then trying to like regain it or yeah. in some way. It was a good poem too, right? It was Baudelaire, I think. Baudelaire, Charles Baudelaire. I remember yeah. the Charles part. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a Baudelaire poem about being in a storm or something. I was really tired at this point. <laughs> that was at the beginning. I, yeah. I was tired at that point too. Um, so with with the poll, I should mention again, we said this on other episodes, but I can't really expect that everyone's listened to all of them. One of the things that really stands out to me about this being number one is the way the voting actually happens is that there's 1,700 people that vote on it, but it's not like a debate and they don't pick. They all vote for their 10 favorite movies, basically. They submit a list of 10. And so... For something to actually get pretty high up here, it has to appear in the top 10 for a lot of people. Um, even though it is the top 100 movies that the poll actually eventually is like titled as, um, it's sort of like a fluke that some things can end up that high or that low. Um, and that's why for a lot of directors, they don't have multiple things on it, which I think makes sense to me. Like if you only have 10 picks, you're not going to put on three movies by one guy unless yeah. you're John Carpenter I think put on four John Hawks movies <laughs> um, he likes what he likes he loves and I and I like him um, there's four John Carpenter movies yeah. um, so all that to say it is a little surprising to me that so many had this in their top ten that it could gain that number one spot from Vertigo bump down Vertigo and Citizen Kane um, both holding strong too at two and three yeah yeah so it's th- that's the thing too with so much upheaval that they're they're still in the top three is uh kind of i don't know if surprising is the right word but it's just sort of uh as someone who really likes the intricacies and weird quirks of polling and voting that <laughs> that stood out to me i don't know um I but mean, now, and, now that uh, i've seen it i get it and i understand in, in the historical context why this would mean a lot to people and then also just stylistically why it would mean a lot to we mentioned david lynch before but i'm sure uh, it's probably goes without saying that a lot of women have gotten a lot out of this movie too. <laughs> uh, Lady Bird, I saw like a lot of influence from that in this. Sure, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of others. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Another movie with a lot of quiet space in it, and not in some isolation, and just kind of staying in one house. Uh, but, a, but a seaside place. like. And The Quiet Place Part 2, both big influenced by this. <laughs> Any movie with silence in it. Silence from silence Martin Scorsese. from Martin Scorsese. Um, Nosferatu. Yep. Uh, no dialogue at all in that one. Uh, any, most uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin films. Yeah, most. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, that was the, uh, the heightening of... Uh, uh, whatever movie they're making before the sound is invented in the beginning of Babylon. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Artist... Yeah, yeah, yep. the artist. Uh, if it wasn't for that dog. Um, <laughs> we enjoyed this tangent. <laughs> I had a good time. Um, yeah, I don't want to sell the movie short, but being the number one of all time, but not that there's not a lot to say, but it's not like we're breaking down the blocking and camera movements in an action sequence. Yeah. So we, I feel like we've hit a lot of the big things without being scholars, without looking into it you know the podcast focuses on movies that we haven't seen before and our reactions the first time we watched it so 
wink, wink. That's why I don't do that much research. Or maybe that's just my excuse. I don't know. Because I want to focus on our experience watching it. And it is a pretty total experience. I don't know if you have just, I felt full, you know? Yes, I did. Uh, And like, I am much happier that I watched this movie. Yeah. And I look forward. Now we don't have to. (laughs) No, I I look forward to rewatching it in like five years from now. Not immediately. No. I don't think this is a movie I can be like, oh man, that was great. Let me watch the DVD commentary for it. I'll rewatch it though. Oh, no, I'm definitely going to rewatch it. I'm curious. It has a Criterion edition. I wonder if there's commentary on it. I really hope there is. Yeah, I'll look into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the actual experience watching it, I don't know if you have anything else to say. Um, no, I think I'm tapped out. I, I, I feel it is a little disrespectful that we're not uh, talking more about the movie. And it's not like the, this is not a easy movie to sell on someone. Most people will not want to watch this they'll stop watching after like the first 10 minutes but like for like someone like me or you who watches so many movies and i would have been watching a movie anyway. yeah and i was planning on watching this on my own anyway at some point i didn't need to watch it for the podcast yeah it being the number one got there's enough people watching it that you know the uh tobias from arrested development meme gif whatever you want to say of him saying there's dozens of us dozens <laughs> um there will be dozens of people that listen to this episode dozens i'm sure uh maybe we'll tap out at 12 but hey that's okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we get to 12 i think that's a big break i think it'll be good um not to diminish the podcast much more than 12 usually listen but for this episode this one's for the real heads yeah uh next I'll- month is james cameron <laughs> we're doing aliens <laughs> next <laughs> Maybe the next episode will be Terminator. Maybe it'll be Aliens. I'm not sure. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> that was a bad clap. <laughs> <laughs> the mic weirdly didn't pick it up. It was... There you go. That had more force can... to it. Um, any any other like thoughts we want to give on this film before we get into ratings? Oh, watch it. Just give. Just give. If you give have yourself any, over to it. If you have any like ambition to see this at all a watch it in the morning like on a weekend that you have three hours yeah um it is the best time to watch it Uh, and b just give it a shot like i at least give it an hour how about that yeah if you're not like hypnotized after an hour you can turn it off i i don't know if it gets necessarily better as it goes because i don't think there there's like a quality thing no, I but i, I think quality thing, i think but. it gets more interesting as it goes as you're seeing the things that it's repeating and how yeah. they're changing i just think this is a movie that requires your time and patience um and i you have to it's you have to be an active watcher you have yeah. to be an engaged viewer of this i'd say yeah um not to make it sound too pretentious. I don't think it was like a difficult watch, but you just have to be on. No, it's I for me, it's not a difficult watch, but I can tell for like yeah. other people, it's just not going to be something they can get into. Yeah, that's fair. Because it's, I mean, like plot wise, <laughs> like plot, what? Yeah, it's not a lot of plot. The, when I when I had to do the one minute plot summary, you really could have gone one of two ways. You describe everything that happens or you just be like three days in the life of a lady kills a guy at the end. Uh, and that's the reductive way to watch it. But it is at the time, some of the reaction was that it was like, you know, radically minimalist to the point of almost self parody. Um, but I don't know that I would agree with that at all. I, I think it's pretty powerful. I think it's 
I agree. I agree. That seems like, I don't know. I always feel like I'm, you know, sound like a jackass saying stuff like that, but I think it was. I don't know. It worked uh, on me. For all like the, like, Citizen Kane and Vertigo and now this, like the number one movies where people are like, this is the best movie of all yeah. time. I feel like this is the one where people are going to be like, oh, movies. Right, yeah. When people make fun of, like, you know, this is an original thought, but people say on TikTok or whatever when they're making fun of film bros, like, oh, it's a black and white four hour long movie about a Russian civil war from the point of view of a seagull. <laughs> and like, yeah, this is kind of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just think that it's, you probably have the same experience as just watching a lot of things. This is maybe why I didn't vibe with Smile so much is like, it felt like I just heard people saying trauma a lot. And I was thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis and the way a lot of like, quote unquote, elevated horror is doing it now. Um, to circle back real quick, I thought the creature design before it goes full CGI on the final thing, fucking great. Yes, Smile. I agree. Thought it was really good. Really cool. When it's just like the tall guy and he's got like the blacked out lips. Um, that shit's great. Um, I just want to see something new. I just want to see something fresh that I haven't seen before. Ain't nothing feel like this. This is this is one of one. Sui generis. This is this movie is. So. Jean Damon or yeah, Smile. Jean Damon. <laughs> yeah, Jean Damon. Jean Diamond. Yeah, I I wish I knew how to say it right. I, I really I'm really not trying to make fun of Chantal Ackerman. That I, might not even be how she pronounces her name, and I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make fun of it, but it is fun to just mispronounce it. Uh, okay. Point being, yeah, this doesn't feel like anything else. It's worth watching from that alone. If you're just if you watch a lot of movies like we do, you want to see something you haven't seen before. This is its own thing, and a lot of we were saying like you know, vibes, the sort of space in it. And uh, any any serious critic will tell you that vibes are an important uh, rubric to grade a movie on. Um, it's a very technical term, <laughs> vibes is. You know, people have taken pieces of this for their own thing, but I don't think anyone has had the fucking balls to hold on someone just sitting in a chair for yeah. five minutes. This is bold <laughs> filmmaking. Yeah. Fuck you, James Cameron. This is, it's bold as hell. I don't care it's how much you're drowning your actors. <laughs> Make them sit in a chair yeah. for 20 minutes. It's crazy. You get to the end of this movie and you're like, that was rad. Like, literally, that was radical. You can't believe someone made that movie and put it out. Two people to watch. And they, like, knowing that they were going to react to it. And yeah. And then. Could totally reject it. And then, like, people, like, it comes out and, like, people are like, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, 50 years later, like, hey, you know what? This is the Pretty best good. movie ever made. Um, it doesn't seem like she was maybe the kind of person who would care about that kind of accolade. She uh, from of, watching this movie, couple, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, on Letterboxd every week, I will upload our scores and our overall rating. Um, sometimes that backfires. Sometimes we'll do my favorite movie and someone will give it a two and a half. And, <laughs> and thus it'll end up with, I think, the same score as Draft Day. <laughs> Uh, so um look forward to the Mulholland Drive yeah, episode. Yeah, no, I'm I'm expecting it. Uh every week on Letterboxd I'll put on our scores that is um late to the movies on Letterboxd. It's with the number 2. You can find it. And uh yeah. 
on a scale of 0.5 to 5 on any scale of your choosing, I guess you could do a zero. I could factor in a zero. It's just easier to not on any scale you're choosing. What would you give John Dealman? Uh, I would give it 4.5 Joanna Man Dove uh, Dushman uh, out of five. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to think. It's potatoes, right? Four four point five potatoes out of five. Yeah, that's good. Four point five undercooked potatoes out of five. That is better because that actually happens. Because that actually happens. Oh man, yeah, this movie rocks. Check it out. Yeah, go. Please go. Well, if anything, give it a shot. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I do also want to say that I'm sure on my next playthrough, I actually I might give it a five. Um, I think so too. It's a lot to take in, and you you just watched it earlier today. Yes, and I, in a literal sense, did too. Though I've slept since then. Yes, <laughs> and I, I just feel like now that I know what's coming, I feel like on a second playthrough, uh, I will be able to watch out for things more and like understand it a bit more yeah. too. You're not uh, you won't be occupied with processing. Okay, why is this, why is this the way it is? Yes. You can just sort of live in the you know, what you find appealing about the way it is, you know? Um, I hope that doesn't sound too pretentious. I, no, it I'm trying, uh, to conf- uh, I'm trying to convey. We cannot get, talking about this movie, we're not going to not sound pretentious. Yeah, if you've already listened to over an hour of us talking about this movie, you're on board with whatever we got to say. We could just do the rest in French and you'd be like, oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, <laughs> they do say wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. I nailed it. I got that one. All right. Well, that just about does it. You can find us on, um, well, again, that letterbox, Late to the Movies. Same with our Gmail, late to the movies at gmail.com. Um, the Instagram, late to the movies underscore podcast. All of those with the number two, not T O. See, you try and put the T O in there. That's mm-hmm. someone else. Not going to like them. Um, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbeans, and I feel like there was a big one. Spotify, I don't know if I said. I think I did. Uh, Podbeans, Google. Yeah. iTunes. iTunes. I got them all. Uh, and that just about does it. Vaz, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. This, this was a real uh, time commitment. So <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I was going to do it anyway. All right. And... and uh, I mean, there's no dialogue at the end. Just imagine that we're covered in blood and sitting at our kitchen table. We'll just be silent for a while and they'll get that. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the end of the podcast, so feel free to not play anything else for about five minutes and picture us sitting and covered in blood. Thanks.